Our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor setting. Uh, What? What? What did she just say? What was that? That was the CDC director, Dr. Walensky. Uh, she just said that what we can't do with the vaccinations is stop the transmission. We, we cannot prevent transmission with, with, quote, vaccines, otherwise referred to as injections on my show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Monday to you. Another week in the great year of 2022, the year of the Lord. I love it. Just uh, hosted a fantastic space this morning with the Lord. It was awesome. And of course, it always goes for hours and hours, hours, even though I never anticipate being in my space for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but you know what? That's what happens whenever you have the Lord have his way. And we had people from Iran. We had people from Ghana. Um, all kinds of folks. We were praying through Psalm 46. I will explain that in just a few minutes, but I, I want to stay on this for just a moment. I tweeted this morning, all a clown show, every bit of it. Uh, this is on CNN. Director Walensky saying, what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Okay? Yet here you are threatening lockdowns. The The Supreme Court of the United States of America is currently weighing in on whether or not OSHA has the authority to impose upon corporate America to those who have over, you know, plus 100 employees uh, to determine whether or not you must be vaccinated and or, and or, okay, this is... This is where we're all getting caught up in the wash cycle of this. It's really important to remember you do have an and or in this equation, but I would imagine most of your companies are simply going to opt for the easy way out. Uh, you will have the option still to uh, mask and or um, test weekly. Now, if you've been following anything about the PCR tests, you know that testing weekly is about as effective as these, quote, uh, vaccines that Director Walensky just told you um, do not um, prohibit the proliferation of the transmission of COVID-19. So this is coming directly from the horse's mouth at this point. This is no longer um, this is no longer theory. This no longer falls under the category of a bunch of, you know, right-wing conspiracy theorists. This is coming directly from the CDC. Now, 
after two years of all kinds of rhetoric coming out of the CDC that is now finally coming full circle to the truth of C-19, it's like, what do you believe, right? I mean, if you're a discerning, critically thinking human being, you have to ask yourself, who and what do we believe? Well, one person I believe is a doctor by the name of Dr. Lewis. She is on my, uh, she's in my Twitter spaces. Uh, You will also find her in Twitter spaces that I share with uh, two individuals called, one is Crypto Attorney. Uh, There's a space this evening at 8 p.m. You can tune into that. They, and and my co-host Mark uh, Naughton, who is an independent journalist, former law enforcement, military, uh, you... And crypto lawyer is former DOJ um, uh, attorney, um, you know, just fun, right? It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, a, a it's not going to be a Christian quote, Christ-like space, uh, but it is for some of you, the language is offensive and I understand and that's okay. Uh, it just means that maybe it's not the space for you. But all in all, we have very enlightening, uh, passionate, intellectual conversations on a myriad of subjects. And it's usually pretty funny. Um, you know, and there's just a cast of characters. And we love everyone who consistently comes into the space. And uh, yeah, you know, and even the people who cause a bunch of brouhaha, we only ask that you raise your hand in order to um, contribute to the conversation. And uh, crypto one runs a very tight ship in a in a very good and fun and just you know really good hearted space. Uh, if you can if you can navigate through some of the language, uh, you'll be okay. But. You know, Dr. Lewis has managed to migrate into those spaces as well. You're welcome. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm being like a seventh grade girl right now. You know how we are with our friends where it's like, it was with my friend first, right? But Dr. Lewis is amazing. She's an MD, PhD. And her response to my tweet this morning all on this was, Early treatment also prevents admission to the ICU. For those who opt out of vaccination, early treatment accomplishes the same thing. There is no longer an excuse for mandates. We need the meds. We demand the meds. Enough. Then she goes on to, um, someone responds to her and says, Doc, we knew this in early 2020 and no politician or doctor wanted to say it. Why? And she says, we had no meds. We still have no meds. Now, she is in my space, uh, in my spaces a lot on Twitter. And uh, she is a priceless resource of truth, uh, passion for medicine. Um, She's been a great uh, bridge for me in in attempting to reestablish some trust with uh, healthcare workers, which has been severely uh, hampered for me personally. I don't know about you, um, but when I hear of my friends being sent home with blood clots because they're not vaccinated, I have lost all hope in the medical community. And so or I'm hearing of people being turned away because, or treated poorly and allowed to die um, due to their vaccination or lack thereof status. And that is grotesque. I, you know, that pillar of medicine has been torn down for me personally. So as an idol, 
you know, dare I say that in this country, we do, in fact, hold our institute, our medical institution, uh, our medical industrial complex, it has become quite the God. And so Dr. Lewis is someone who has really, um, she's a Christian, she's poured into my spirit, I appreciate it. And so when she says we have no meds, she has said this consistently in every space that I've hosted or crypto has hosted. We do not have meds. They will not give us meds. They are withholding monoclonals. They're withholding therapeutics. They are withholding ivermectin. They're withholding uh, hydroxychloroquine, which she has used her entire profession as an MD. And so we also have compounds that we cannot uh, obtain here stateside that have just completely vanished from the marketplace uh, in the way of uh, ingredients and cough syrups that you have to look for in uh, international pharmacies. I mean, it is mind-boggling. And so, but then again, it's not because whenever you think about what's really going on, you know, it makes perfect sense. Now, here's the CDC. You got to wonder, you know, a lot of us have been praying that the truth would uh, surface, but you got to wonder, all right, Lord, is this you or like, what is Washington state and the Supreme court of the United States and OSHA going to, uh, what are they going to rely upon now in terms of where they're obtaining their scientific uh, data from to substantiate um, molesting the First Amendment right, Fourth Amendment rights, I mean, you name it, our entire constitution for that matter, as it relates to your person, right, your physical person, what is it that they're going to base their molestation of the constitution on if the CDC is saying, hey, by the way, these vaccines, they do not prohibit transmission? I'm sorry, so what's the point? So you're telling me that the point of vaccination is to uh, uh, dampen the effects of, like, it would keep you from becoming a a Delta uh, patient, right, where you're, you know, intubated and that whole mess, you're on life support. Um, you're telling me that, you know, that it's not going to uh, hamper transmission, but... It's doing what exactly? Right. So as Washington State, you know, is uh, deciding on whether or not to create uh, quarantine camps, I have the full, uh, the full uh, literary piece that a friend of mine sent to me. Uh, the full legislation, the, the full, uh, leg- I would assume it's legislation, and it's going through their... Uh, their state legislature, I don't know. I'll have to ask. Uh, but here they are, you know, by the way, we're going to start setting up camps for the unvaccinated. So what's really going on? Right? What's really going on? And how bamboozled do you feel as someone who has been vaccinated? Not once, maybe twice, maybe boosted Maybe two or three times boosted. Where are you in this whole process? Maybe you're okay with it because you haven't had an adverse reaction. And so you're like, well, you know, whatever. It's kind of like the flu shot. That's fine. I'll just line up and take it. Whatever I got to do in order to enjoy my life. Because it's certainly not to keep you safe, right? That, that can no longer be the reasoning. That, that can no longer be what you tell yourself because this is no longer about keeping you safe. Not that it was ever about keeping you safe, but now you know for sure. It's like, well, keeping you safe from what exactly, right? 
I love this. I'm scrolling through Twitter and you see so many people who are like, um, you know, I'm a pure blood. Like that's like a hashtag pure blood. It's like pure blood. It's like a thing. And here's the deal. Um, some of you don't care about whether or not someone knows your vaccinated status. Uh, but I, if, I'm going to tell you like I do, my friends who love to take pictures of all of their weapons and all of their ammo, and they're just so Second Amendment strong, right? And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, do you want to propagate your own red flag list? I mean, you do understand that we are currently living under a regime. I'm not saying that hyperbolically. I actually believe that. So that's that's not hyperbolic rhetoric. As some people may hide behind that, but it's not I really do believe and by virtue of everything I see coming out of Biden's face, Harris's face, Jen's face, you know, yeah, Afghanistan the economy, uh, gas prices, supply chains, mandates. Yeah, it, 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 two plus two is four for me. I don't know about you. I Notice I didn't even mention the 2020 elections. I don't have to. Again, two plus two is four, contrary to what they want you to believe by calling you part of the quote, uh, the big lie, right? And so whenever I look at... Whenever I look at what this regime is pushing, I mean the the only thing I'm left to to realize is that we we are up against, you know, what is the reality here? What is the truth, right? That you really are up against a global reset. And so what's, you know, that's what to me that's what's really going on. And so you need to be paying attention to what's happening in your state legislatures and I'm going to say it again. I don't know why more of you are not demanding that your governors give up their emergency powers and quit taking money from the feds and uh, downgrade this entire fiasco to an endemic. And yes, I understand that you've got Omicron and you've got other, you know, probably some more variants coming about. But now what you're reading about is that your T cells are actually... Your T cells uh, against the common cold are something that, or that help fight the common cold, right? Uh, if those are present in your body because you've been fighting the common cold, you actually st- they're uh, they're actually fighting COVID as well. Shocking, right? This is something other physicians have been shouting from the rooftops from the beginning. And so you need to pay attention to your state legislatures because many of them are going to try to follow suit with Washington State. And so it'll be up to you to put the squash down on that. And as soon as you see things moving in the middle of the night, you need to keep up with whatever legislation's being pushed through your legislatures and really keep an eye on it down to the midnight hour of that vote. Someone should be represented. You should have a representative checking on your representative and their votes and the in the literature the verbiage in the legislation that's coming forward now and what they'll do they're very crafty they'll hide things of this nature in with legislation that has nothing to do with mandates literally nothing like it could be you know uh we're going to we're going to allocate you know on the governor's line item budget 
we're going to allocate $23,000 to the African hoot owl, whatever the heck that is. And, and you're like, oh, wow, there's another endangered species allocation. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, right up in that hoot owl's butt is your, uh, your mandate legislation that no one's going to see. No one's even thinking about looking for it under, you know, the, uh, your state janitors get a raise. No one's thinking about looking for this type of legislation. So they're very crafty and they hide things in various bills all the time. So how do you overcome that by being vigilant and by, uh, I would say forming coalitions of folks who will keep up with the verbiage, who are following every single bill. I mean, you could be voting on, you know, playground equipment that's paid for by your state, right? Maybe it's in a state park. I don't know. It, it could be, you know, a new, a new, uh, you know, a, a new, what are those things called? Monkey bars, <laughs> Right. I mean, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. And they shove legislation and stuff like this all the time. It has nothing to do. And so you got to watch it because it passes from, you know, it, it's a bicameral operation. So let's say something completely what appears to be benign and innocuous starts in your state legislature, starts in the House, right? And, and you're like, oh, well, that's a good bill. That's a good thing. We want that, right? And it may actually have something to do with something that you're very passionate about, something that's actually really good. And then it passes over to your Senate. And then someone in the Senate's already been positioned to catfish that sucker and shove this type of legislation around mandates up into the bill that you're actually in favor of. And maybe they do it at the last minute once it crosses over, right? Maybe they do it at the last minute. So now there's like a, through all the rules and regs that people can jump through and obfuscate uh, in, in, your legis- in your legislative processes, right? Um, and somehow it makes it to the, it makes its way to the floor to be voted on and it's passed. And then, you know, boom, there's your governor right there ready to receive that ugly, nasty baby with three heads and, you know. 20 toes and 16 fingers and it's not it's like a transhuman thing right all about transhumanism i'm just telling you be vigilant and pay attention to the legislation going through bicamerally through your state legislatures because if your eyes are only on the feds you're already behind you're already behind so the states are following the feds because they're following the dollars. And so for some of you, you're like, I can't believe this guy is such a rhino. No, he's not just a rhino. He's got his hand out for money from the feds. And most of your governors have not um, surrendered their emergency authority. That's a problem. That poses a problem. So there's a lot of interesting things to talk about as it relates to these, uh, to these quote tests and, and, uh, in these quote vaccines, right? Cause now we know straight out of the horse's mouth, can't wait to see the retraction, uh, just a redaction from literature. You know what I mean? That's just a, such a bombshell and it's right there on CNN. So for people who are like, well, why is it mainstream media covering this? Well, they are, you heard it here first on CNN. Right? So they are covering it. It's in plain sight at this point. 
And so what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do on a state level? How many of you even have the email of your state representative? Right? You all know your congressmen and women who are obviously extraordinarily flaccid and impotent and all those lovely words, right? Otherwise known as someone who could not procreate decency if they wanted to because either they're on the take or they've been blackmailed or, you know, whatever. They've surrendered to the CCP. Who knows? Who re- or they're, you're, they're jockeying for a committee position. And so they're going to keep their mouths shut throughout this whole thing and just let things play out right? They're going to pacify you and it's an election year. And so they're going to tell you every single thing you've ever wanted to believe. They're going to tell you it's right there and on their mailer, right here in their bullet points. And so don't be foolish. Don't be a simpleton. Be someone who prays for wisdom, right? The word says to ask for wisdom and he will give it to you liberally without finding fault. So it means that, you know, you don't have to have your stuff all together. You don't have to be completely perfected. You don't have to feel as though you're completely worthy of God's wisdom before you ask for wisdom. No, it says without finding fault, he will apply her to you liberally, which means it will be in abundance. Just ask. He also says by people perish for lack of knowledge, right? So there's a lot of information, but not everything is rooted in knowledge, which is why I love to, bl- to bring knowledgeable people into my spaces and onto my show. Speaking of, if you missed my show last Friday, please go back and listen to it. It's wonderful. I had John Zadrozny on with America First Policy Institute, was a former senior Trump policy advisor on immigration. Um, he is now the director for the Center of uh, Homeland Security and Immigration for America First Policy Institute, a fantastic human being, very knowledgeable, constitutional scholar, attorney, all of that, all things immigration. But he's, you know, he's also all things um constitution in, in America, right? And everything going on right now. So we kind of bounce between subjects. Uh, he had great insight on the Supreme Court and, uh, and, and what's really going on with your judiciary that's completely run away. Like the entire system is out of order here. So we have, who knows how many branches of government we have now, but for whatever reason, the judiciary is convinced that it is the legislative branch and it does that because we allow it to go on. You know, we're always contesting and appealing and then appealing, appealing and appealing, appealing again. And, you know, and now we've got the Supreme Court of the United States of America trying to tell us uh, whether or not we have to put something in our bodies if we want to continue to work. So, yes, we are completely out of constitutional order as it pertains to constitutional order. So uh, you can catch that on my website. That podcast is up. It is also on most of your podcast download mediums. So today, you know, I want to leave you with this. Um, today I talked about uh, Psalm 46, okay? And, and really what it's most known for is the be still and know that I am God part of the, of the, of the chapter. And uh, be still and know that I am God. And that really trips a lot of people up. And especially people like me who enjoy being productive. I, you know, I'm very German. And so I love productivity. Um, I don't like being bored. I, I, I love earning my vacation time. I like earning my pillow, if you will. Um, earning my rest, you know, earning my downtime. And there's, a, there's, 
the main reason that the children of Israel wandered in the desert for over 40, well, 40 years, it should have been 40 days, uh, not only because they were obstinate, but what was it they were obstinate regarding? They were obstinate with regard to rest. They continued to lean on their own understanding and to try to do things their way according to what they could see, touch, taste, feel, and hear. And the Lord says to rely upon him like over and over and over again, right? And so it was because of their rebellion. It was because of their obstinance. The word says they were a stiff-necked people. They did not enter into his rest. And whenever the times of refreshing come, if you're a stiff-necked person, you won't see them. So you won't be able to enjoy them. And you too will likely die in a desert, completely dehydrated and famished and wandering. And that is not what God has called us to. So as I was reading Psalm 46 today, I read it because someone who was in one of my spaces last week was a gentleman I've never met before, never seen his name, and he came in, clearly a brother in the Lord, and he spoke that to me and said it was specifically for me. And But the version that he gave me was like, cease in your striving. I cannot find that version. So I went through a couple of versions today. And if you get the opportunity, I would encourage you to go read on your Bible app or wherever uh, if you don't have the message. Okay, And I do realize that translations can be a little hairy, uh, which is why my plumb line for all scripture, generally speaking, is the King James Version, New King James Version. Um, but... And then I, that's, that is my, you know, by which I, that's by what I measure all other, uh, quote, renditions of the truth, (laughs) all versions of the truth, if you will, not that there's a version of the truth, but I love words. And so different translations will have different words, which to me becomes like a tapestry. It becomes very poetic. And they should be in harmony. You'll also see where some translations don't um, really value the intrinsic beauty and aroma, uh, the fragrance, if you will, of words. Right? It's almost like reading through the Urban Dictionary, (laughs) Um, as opposed to what was the Webster's Dictionary, right? Which, which generally speaking, you could, I, I love the old Webster's Dictionary because you can find, um, you know, the, the true, uh, the richness, the fullness of a, of a word, right? And the meaning is so important. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of sounds. And sounds are important too, but as we know with different dialects and whatnot, that some, yeah, that's why we have things called the romance, the romance languages, right? Uh, because they are very, they're very pleasing to, to the ear and, and to the soul, right? And you, it, it invokes something. Uh, in some languages, like my German counter, you know, peeps are very, very guttural, you know, very just harsh. I don't mean guttural in the obscene sense. I mean, they're just harsh, right? And it's almost like Russian. <laughs> they're just hard. And um, they mean well, but they're not exactly a romance language. And so, but, or like, you know, with Creek, you know, my, my relatives, uh, my father's Greek language, I think is, is a beautiful, beautiful language. Italian, obviously, a romance language, right? Spanish, uh, you know, they just evoke just kind of this. In French, I, I would consider, uh, as much as I'm not a fan, um, a romance language. So 
um, yeah, so anyway, I digress. But but these different translations paint a harmonious, it's almost like reading from the Old Testament, New Testament, whenever you start cross-referencing citations, it should paint a very harmonious picture of the scriptures. So when you start, when the enemy comes in to be like, well, over here, he said this, and over here he said that, and that's just a total contradiction. Once you start reading the citations under things that you're reading and go go research them throughout the scriptures, you will begin to see the tapestry, this perfectly woven together jigsaw puzzle, if you will, that just fits. It just does. It fits. It's beautiful. And so go read Psalm 46 in the message. It actually uses the word politics, which is very rare in scripture. But it's, again, it's this particular translation. So I would encourage you, read if you have the app. If you don't have the app, you know what? I want to encourage you to download the Bible app. Whichever one, I don't care which one it is, just get it on your phone right? And so whenever you have questions about things, just type in a couple of keywords and well, bam, there it is. And you can pick whatever translation it is you want to uh, trust. Uh, Again, I personally go with the King James or New King James, and then I branch out from there. But that is my, that is my true north as it relates to scriptures. Um, Yeah. So, but, oh, it's so good. It is so good. It talks about being still and and getting out of traffic. I love it. It's like, get out of traffic with an exclamation point. I'm thinking, yeah, how many of us feel like we're literally, we are, we're playing whack-a-mole with our own lives on a six-lane highway. We're on the 405 any second of the day. And if you've ever been to California, you know what I'm talking about. You're running up through, you know, L.A., I mean, it is a nightmare, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. There's never a dull moment on that stupid thing. And so sometimes in the news cycle with everything happening, you just feel like you're standing out in the middle of the 405 trying not to get run over by life. And so this word admonishes us to get out of traffic and to be still and know that he is God, which means to rest in him and to seek refuge in him. And what does that mean? To seek refuge in his word. When the word says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise a banner above you. Unless you've read the other word that says that the his word is his banner over you. He sings his word over you as a banner. You won't know that what he's telling you to do is to speak the word of God to your circumstance to the traffic lanes, to the mountains. That's what he's telling you to do. Speak to hide in his word is to cloak yourself in his word, get in the cleft of that, of that hill and, and, and hide in his word, right? But it also means speaking that word. And so we did that today. It was really cool. And I was on for entirely too long, but I guess we were as long we were on as long as the Holy Spirit wanted to be, and we had a lot of really awesome people uh, ask for prayer, and I always appreciate that. Um, you know, just a beautiful, beautiful space, and many of you feel very um, isolated. You, you you're very disenfranchised with the church, uh, and I want to encourage you 
to, you know, whatever your hangups are, whatever your complaints are, wherever you've been wounded, uh, disappointments with regard to people of faith, uh, pastors, leadership, lay people, whatever, uh, past, present, and whatever is in your head as far as future offenses, I really want to encourage you to lay all of that down. I just encourage you to take that to God as your father and be like, here, I don't even know what to do with this, but this is how I feel about all these people and what happened and I'm still hurt and I'm this and I want to forgive, but I can't or whatever your case is. Take your case before everyone's defense attorney. Take your case to the Lord. Don't take it. Quit taking your case to the prosecutor. The prosecutor is the enemy of all of our souls. So many of us get offended and we take that offense to the great prosecutor called Satan and his kingdom. And he's always going to help you build a case against that other person. Always. Little do you know, he's building one against you too, right? And, but I want to encourage you to take your case to the defense attorney of mankind. He is the, the greatest public defender ever, who's not cheap. He's not cheap. He gave his own blood to defend you, to defend you in the spirit realm, to defend you in the heavenlies, to defend you for eternity, to defend you so that you don't have to pay your blood. Right? So take all of those offenses regarding religion and religious practices and the Catholic church and the, this church and the Satanists and this and that, all of your stuff, right? Just in your pastor slept with the secretary and the other priests sleeping with little boys and all this stuff, man, that the church is just as messed up as a soup sandwich, right? Just take all of that stuff to the defense attorney and be like, here I am, and I'm hurt, I'm disappointed, I'm disenchanted, I don't want any part of it, I think I'm fine on my own, I'm going to go out and worship the trees, you know, I'm going to go canoeing, and that's going to be my new church, I am the church, I am a little God, all, whatever, all that stuff, right, all that stuff, and I want to encourage you to get back into fellowship, not only with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but uh, horizontally. Because it's not only a vertical salvation. I mean, that is the primary vehicle, obviously, of salvation. But then we also, you know, by our works are to, not to secure, but to, it's really to, and not validate as much as, it's, just, it's commensurate. I mean, one is proof of the other. And not in that order, not in that order, right? A lot of people get off on works and, and they, they appear to be super holy rollers, right? But they are no more holy than a man on the mat. Like they no longer submit themselves to God as a child and to Christ as their Lord than a man on the moon. And I've been super guilty of that myself in terms of not relinquishing uh, whatever little bitty power I think I have to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I've been super guilty of that. And so the Lord is, you know, I've also surrendered that. I confess that, I ask for forgiveness, and I've surrendered it. And it's a daily walking out, right? Where every opportunity I have to take control of the reins of my life, um, it's not that I surrender the reins, but resting, right? Resting and being still is a form of surrender, of, of releasing the reins 
so that you're not trying to wrangle your life to the ground. That is exhausting. And many of you really need a break right now in your immune system. I'm going to speak to that for a second. Um, you know, a few people in the space today dealing with physical maladies and oft infirmities, um, you know, our bodies, this is cold and flu season. So really as a matter of practicality, the Bible talks about oft infirmities, um, which I have come to understand is more like the common cold, you know, sometimes basically what the word is saying is, you know, stuff happens, right? It's not always a plague, it's not always a bioweapon. Sometimes it is. Uh, but the Lord, that's not something the Lord brings on us. But sometimes, you know, it's just cold and flu season. It just is. And some of you have never had a cold. Some of you have never had a flu. And that is wonderful. Good for you. The rest of us, I guess, losers, are, you know, out here on the cold and flu bus. So I'm still getting over a cold right now. Thank God this cough is finally subsiding. Uh, but now it's running out of my face. So, you know. It is what it is, but some of you um, have been so riddled with fear around this COVID conversation and aggravation and anger and frustration, and your bodies are simply responding to the stress and the getting and the striving and the what do I do and I got decisions to make. What about the mandates? And I can't believe the Democrats and Joe Biden, right? And so your bodies are simply responding because that's what our bodies are designed to do. They respond to stimulus. So what are you thinking about? Whatever you're thinking about, you're meditating on. Whatever you're meditating on, your cells are literally responding to that meditation. That is not woo-woo. That is not occultic. That is actually scientific. It is word. It, as a man thinketh, so is he. I didn't write it, but I believe it. Thus saith the Lord. So as you think so are you, whatever it is you're thinking about, are you angry? Are you unforgiving? Are you bitter? Are you fearful? Are you dreadful? Um, are you doubtful, right? Are you anxious? Are you jealous? Are you covetous? Uh, are you slothful? Are you gluttonous, right? So whatever you're, are you addictive? I mean, whatever your thoughts are, Whatever you are addicted to, you're going to see your body respond to those things because that's how we're wired. That's not an indictment. That is what it is. That is the truth. So it's a call to actually ask you to consider what it is you are meditating upon. All right. So as a matter of practical application, you know, this is a good time. It's cold and flu season to just take it easy on yourself. Anything that's causing you stress, cut it off. If it, and it's usually going to be something that you do have control over, like your social media time. If you're in a social media space and you find your blood pressure going up, get off and stay off of it until you can control your response and reaction to things that are external of you that you literally have no control over. Then stay off of those platforms because you're not doing your immune system any favors. And so take hot baths, take a stroll, exercise, get your blood moving right? Be kind. Fellowship is very important. Communion, literally communion, you know, is very important to the health of your body, to your psyche, to your spirit. As we fellowship with Christ, right? We are, we are, uh, we are made whole. We are healed by his broken body. We are forgiven by his blood. And so when you fellowship with the Godhead and you fellowship with others, you know, your healing, uh, on, on many levels is imminent, it just is. And so I want to encourage you that, you know, yes, be spiritually minded for sure. 
right? And also be practical in the application of the word to your daily lives and, um, and be practical, you know, just basic science principles, scientific principles, you know, wash your hands, right? Uh, you know, stop snugging up on people who may be contagious with something. Again, I'm not jogging for, for masks or, or not, but you know, you, you certainly don't want to exchange, you know, uh, vapors with people who are contagious with whatever they may have. So just stay away from them. You know, some of you are still hanging out in nightclubs and bars every day and, you know, and your immune systems are already down because you're drinking too much because it's the winter time and everybody's bored and whatever. It's a cheers after happy hour every day. And, uh, and people are snotting and sniffling and you're in close proximity. And, uh, you know, hello. Again, practical application. It's not condemnation to hell. It's just uh, practical application. What season are we in? Right. And so basically just making healthier choices and sticking to one of them, you know, to build upon that one, that one brick, that one precept, right? That one choice, that one decision, you know, every three weeks, add another one, every 21 days, add another good decision. So moral of the story is make the right, the next right choice, right? That's what we can do. Just pick that one thing for 21 days to change your mind about, that one habit to change and get back with me and tell me that it has not yielded some awesome fruit. Okay, until next time, be with you guys tomorrow, tonight on Twitter, Space with Crypto Attorney, me and Mark. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. I think, what was it, Narcissistic Educators or something. Uh, You can find it on Twitter. I will retweet it. You know where to find me elsewhere, monicamatthews.com and uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. 